listening to Buggy Talk, where some of your favorite authors, friends, and guests explore the simpler side of life. Here's your host, Amish fiction author, Tracy Fertikowski. Hey there, welcome to another episode of Buggy Talk. I'm your host for the week, Laura Bradford. Thanks for joining us on the Buggy Talk podcast, where we bring you the story behind the stories, along with the storytellers. For this week's episode, we have Amish fiction author Tracy Fredrichowski as our guest. Tracy spent the last 10 years as a ghostwriter for many popular blogs and websites across the internet, and is best known for her Simple Living articles in the Simple Living magazine. Growing up in northwestern Pennsylvania's Amish country, Tracy takes her childhood experience with her Amish neighbors to heart as she takes her readers to the fictitious town of Willow Springs. Hi, Tracy. Thank you for joining us today. Oh, well, Tell thank us, you so much you know, for... Our, our, how are you doing? I am doing wonderful, and thank you so much for switching chairs with me this morning. Um, I'm a little nervous about being interviewed. <laughs> well, I will make it as easy on you as possible. All right. Well, let's, before we dig into some of those projects your Love Blooms, your latest release, and the upcoming Christmas Miracles collection that we're doing together, I thought our listeners would love to hear about their favorite author's writing career. So, what inspired you to start writing? Well, uh, what really started it is my husband and I lived on a little hobby farm, and for six or seven years, I ran a very popular homesteading blog called Our Simple Homestead. And our readers or my readers on that blog were very interested in living a simple life. And I have such a diverse background by growing up in Amish country. I took a lot of the experiences that I had growing up as a child and a young woman and took that to a lot of my my blog posts that I wrote on Our Simple Homestead. And it turned into writing these really short, maybe like 2,000 word short stories about um, um, the Amish. And they just took off. My readers absolutely loved them. They wanted more and they wanted more. And everybody kept saying, you know, you just need to write some Amish fiction. So that's pretty much where my love of writing started. And then between those those short stories, I got picked up by um, Simple Living Magazine and wrote some articles for them. So that's that's pretty much what inspired me to write. When um, uh, years and years ago, when Simple Living Magazine paid me five hundred dollars to write a one thousand word article, I I thought, oh my goodness, somebody wants to pay me to write, and that's pretty much what started my writing career. Well, that's fascinating. I really enjoyed that, and yes, that first that first paycheck is always amazing. It is, it is. So, how do you come up with the titles for your books? Well, I may do things a little different. And Laura, I don't know how you come up with your titles, but for for some reason, I have to come up with the title first, and then the story wraps its way around the title, where some authors, it's the complete opposite. They have a storyline, and they write the story, and then the title pretty much, you know, um, defines itself. But in my head, I have to have a title first. Interesting. Wow. Very neat. Okay. So tell us what's the most challenging part about writing for you? Oh my goodness. Um, I would say finding quiet time. 
what some of um, our listeners might not know is my husband and I run a very successful marketing, uh, digital marketing company, and we work from home. So finding a spot where the phone's not ringing, where, where you know, a customer's not needing attention, where I need to just escape from our workday to write, it would be quiet time. You know, sometimes I uh, our house is not really big, so trying to find quiet time, I would say, um, is the most challenging part because I have to have complete quiet. I don't, I don't write with music on. You know, I can't have the television on. I can't have headphones on. It has to be still and quiet for my mind to just um, get creative. So I'd say quiet time. Okay, very nice. Thank you. Um, now let's, let's talk about Love Blooms at the Apple Blossom Inn. What was the inspiration for this story? Well, um, that's a really funny story because uh, we spend the summers, except for with the whole virus thing this year, we didn't spend the summer in Wisconsin with our son and his daughters. And I have become uh, good friends with um, a few Amish family in families in Wisconsin. But the inspiration for this particular story um, came from a visit to one of my favorite Amish bakeries in outside of Toma, Wisconsin. And I got the chance to spend not very long, but maybe 15, 20 minutes talking to one of the young girls that waited on me. And um, the, the bakery is in, or it's an addition to, um, the Amish home. But what I found really interesting is that their ovens were out on their porch. They didn't have their baking ovens inside um, their house. So they did all of the baking for this bakery on an open aired porch through summer, spring, winter, and fall. They baked outside, which I found so, so um, interesting. And then the mother and the daughters ran the bakery. And then the father and the sons, which, oh, there were a ton of them. I would say there was like 10 boys and five girls in this family. And the the boys ran the dairy farm and the girls took care of the bakery. So the in inspiration for the story was a visit to one of my favorite bakeries in Wisconsin. And um, I don't, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this or not to anyone, but I absolutely love to bake. If I wasn't a, a writer, I'd want to be a baker. <laughs> so this story is all about the Apple Blossom Inn and Maggie Fisher, who loves to bake. So between my love of baking and a visit to an Amish bakery, that was the inspiration for Love Blooms. Very nice and interesting, too, because I also would be a baker, if not a writer. So oh, no, very really? Interesting. Oh, oh, well, let, let's, share, let's share a little bit um, with our reader, with our listeners. So Laura is going to be moving soon to South Carolina, which is, and they, you're going to live like 10 minutes from me. So I'm so excited about that. So maybe our... Uh, our lunch dates that we're going to have, I have a Mennonite bakery and I have <laughs> on a Mennonite um, coffee shop that I love to visit. So uh, you and I are going to have a lot of fun over those pastries. Yes, we are. I'm we excited. Are. <laughs> who knows? Fun. Who, who yeah. knows? You might <laughs> just have a, uh, a baker or a, rest, a cookbook from us one day. How's that? <laughs> yes, Maybe. <laughs> And we will enjoy eating everything that we make. So that's wonderful. And if we don't, Jim and Craig will, right? That's right. That's, that's right. right. Well, wonderful. So now tell us about the process of coming up with the cover for Love Blooms at the Apple Blossom Inn. 
All right. So I had mentioned that my husband and I own a marketing, a digital marketing company, and I have a background as a graphic artist. So um, developing covers, um, this particular book, I indie published, so I've self-published it myself. So I spent probably 70 hours <laughs> working on that cover, um, wow. but it was the most fun. I love, I love being creative like that. So um, I'm pretty happy with the cover and I hope other people um, enjoy it as well. But this particular cover I designed myself. So pretty interesting. Very nice. Huh? And it is a beautiful cover, actually. A very, very nice cover. You did a good job. Oh, thank you. All right. So if you had to describe your main character in three words, what would those three words be? Okay. The main character in the book is Maggie Fisher. And she is a 24-year-old 24 girl from Toma, Wisconsin, and she gets sent to Willow Springs, Pennsylvania. And if I had to describe her in three words, it would be sassy, I think. Um, she's very strong-willed and determined, so she's a strong, she has a very strong personality. Um, and I would say determined. Um, so her personality is... Uh, a bit bossy. I guess that's four words, bossy, sassy, determined, and strong. So that's how we describe Maggie Fisher. Well, she sounds like a great character. I look forward <laughs> to getting to know her. Oh, she's a lot of fun. Oh. I, had a, I had a lot of fun writing about her. Great. Can you read us a snippet from the book? I sure can. And um, let me think. I think I'm going to start like in the first chapter and um, I'll just give you a little background. Um, Maggie, uh, like I said, is 24 and her mother passed away a couple years ago. So she's been in charge of her um, siblings and she's the oldest in the family. So I'll start there. Trying to control the heaviness creeping up in her chest, she decided to soften her tone before she continued. But Dad, what on earth am I going to do in Willow Springs? I don't know anyone there, and all I know about Aunt Tina and Aunt Lizzie is their spinsters. If they couldn't find a husband there, what makes you think I will? Not sure you will, especially since you chased every boy within 20 miles of this place away with your sharp tongue. I'm figuring if I send you to a new town, your reputation might not follow you, and there might be some fellow willing to give you a try. Dad, how can you say such things? Can you prove me wrong? Not answering his question, but pleading with him, she said, but you need me around here. As I said, Hannah is plenty old enough, and I'll be chasing her off the farm as well someday. Lowering, her, lowering herself to a milking stool near the door, she propped her elbows on her knees and rested her chin in her palms. Looking up at him, she said, You can't be serious. Look, I promised your ma'am I wouldn't expect you to fill her shoes forever. It's been two years. It's time. Shifting his weight and running his hand through his brown and white speckled beard, he said, You have a job waiting for you at the Apple Blossom Inn. Pouring the filtered milk in the waiting can, he secured the lid, picked up the empty bucket, and headed toward the door, stopping only long enough to say, You have many wonderful qualities, but your eagerness to always have the last word, well, that might take a special kind of fella. Letting his words sink in, he paused in the doorway to add, For sure and certain, you won't find him in Toma.
As if she was frozen to the stool, Maggie didn't move even after her dad had long gone. Thinking to herself, she thought, how can he send me off to live in a strange town with people I barely know? It's plain crazy. The last thing I need right now is a husband. The way she saw it, he didn't hold much hope of her finding a suitable mate in her community. All of her friends were already married with children of their own, but she was hardly spinster material. Or was she? So that's uh, just a snippet out of the first chapter. Wonderful. Wow, that's great. I really look forward to hearing what com happens next. Well, thank you. So, all right, now let's move on to the Amish Christmas Miracle Collection that we're doing. What okay. is the title of your story for this collection? So the title of my story is A Gift Worth Waiting For. And if anyone reads uh, Love Blooms at the Apple Blossom Inn, I bring in one of the characters from that book, uh, one of the girls that work at the Apple Blossom Inn, Amanda Beeler. Um, and it's her story that we're going to tell in this Christmas Miracles collection. Oh, great. I love when we get to know a little bit more about side characters and get to hear their story. So I look oh, forward to that. Me too. All right. What do you hope your readers take away from your story? Well, I would say um, Amanda has a lot of trauma in, um, in her life, and she's having a really hard time um, seeing God's plan through it all. So I guess what I want my readers to, to take away that is that even through the darkest days, God always has a plan, regardless if we know what it is, if we can't see it, if we can't feel it there's um, a being bigger than us and he knows our story. He has our story already written and we just have to understand that it's God's will and he will do what he sees fit. So I think that's what I want readers to, to take away is that God has a plan and we just need to succumb to it. Nice. Okay. Can you give us a short synopsis of your story? I sure can. And how about I read you the first page of this? Of, oh, that um, would be a, great. A gift worth waiting for. All right. So here we go. Ice pellets bounced off Amanda Beeler's heavy black bonnet as she pulled two of her younger sisters in close as they buried their faces in her middle. Flanked on either side of her were her other five sisters, all staring aimlessly to the pine box as it was lowered into the cold November ground. The slow and steady voices of her Amish community echoed off the leafless trees as they sang the last hymn. A heaviness filled Amanda's chest as Bishop Weaver closed in prayer and the men lined up one by one to shovel dirt into the hand-dug grave. The last three days had been a blur as she struggled to understand God's will. The doctor said her mam's lungs were weak and they couldn't withstand the upper respiratory infection she had fought for the past two months. But Amanda knew better. It had to do more with a broken heart than weak lungs. Ever since her dad had been killed in a silo accident three years earlier, her ma'am was never the same. The smile that once filled her ma'am's face had long disappeared. Without looking toward the woman who pulled the twin blonde-haired girls from her embrace, she stood frozen to the ground as Bishop Weaver moved in closer. In a soft but stern tone, he said, God's will is done. Letting a few seconds of silence fall between them, he continued, It's not our place to question why, but trust he has a purpose for all he does. God will never abandon us during our times of grief, and he will always provide us with love and hope if we open our hearts and eyes to see it. A lump formed in the back of Amanda's throat as she gasped 
her air with a sudden realization that they were now orphans. She saw Bishop Weaver's mouth moving, but the words he said barely registered. Before turning to leave, he added, The Bible tells us, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Without lifting her eyes from the hole in the ground, she said in a hushed tone, God can't comfort my five-year-old sisters in the middle of the night. Feeling Bishop Weaver tower beside her small frame, he leaned in and whispered, He can and he will through you. So there you go. Very nice. Very nice. Thank you. You're welcome. So what is next for Tracy? Well, um, a couple things. I have um, some readers that are anxiously waiting for book three of my Secrets of Willow Spring series. And then um, I have a friend whose husband used to be Amish, and um, they told me a very interesting story about how they... um, became married. She was English and he was Amish. And um, I'm actually going to write a book about their story. So um, that's coming next year as well. So I have a couple things um, on on my plate right now. Oh, I look forward to both of those. Thank you. Good. All right. To finish up, let's end on a fun note. All right. Okay. What can you sh- share something with our readers that they might not know about you? Oh, something you wouldn't know about me. Well, I would say when I was in third grade, um, we went on a field trip to a fish hatchery and I wandered off like, you know, third graders do. And I fell in a pool of baby fish and almost drowned. (laughs) So I am definitely, (laughs) I am definitely afraid of, um, I'm deathly afraid of the water, and I don't like little fish, which is crazy because my husband used to be a professional bass fisherman, so we spend a lot of time on the water and around fish, but um, I would say I don't like fish, and I don't like the water. <laughs> wow. And isn't that, a, right. isn't, isn't that a funny way God puts all <laughs> things together? You know, you marry a man who um, uh, spends his life or uh, part of his life being a professional bass fisherman, so <laughs> that was sort of funny. <laughs> Wow. All right. What is your favorite food? Uh, You were going to laugh at this because I know this is one of your favorite foods as well, but I die for ice cream. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I tell you, we we, hot summer day. day. (laughs) Yep. Yep. I know you and your daughter have taken some ice cream excursions um, this summer. So I laughed at that when I thought, oh my goodness, Laura, when you move here, uh, sweets and ice cream are right up our alley. <laughs> Absolutely. I look forward to it. Oh, good. All right. So what is the best part of your day? I absolutely love mornings. Um, We have this huge back porch that overlooks a pecan orchard. So I love and the most peaceful time I read my devotionals there. I read the Bible there. I just really connect um, with my day on my back porch really early in the morning. Nice. Hi, what book is currently on your bedside table? Well, I actually have a few on my bedside table right now. One is, um, because I'm always trying to be better at what I do, one is a book about um, how to be a better writer. And then um, I love to read beach reads, and we are getting ready to go on a short little vacation to the beach. And so I picked up Mary Kay Andrews' Hello Summer. And then I just got in the mail yesterday, piece by piece. So that is sitting on my bedside table right now. 
Excellent. Thank you. Is there anything you'd like to add or a mess or do you have a message for your readers? Just keep those letters and cards coming because I love to hear from my readers, whether it's through Facebook or through an email or um, uh, some of the, my readers I get to meet in person. I haven't, I don't know about you, you haven't either, but I haven't got to meet many of them this year um, with all this virus stuff. But um, I just love to hear from my readers. I love the reviews and and, you know, even, even bad reviews, even though when we get, you know, I don't know about you, Laura, have you ever gotten a bad review? Oh, we all do. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I, I got a bad review this week and I tried really hard not to let it uh, bother me, but um, we learn from those. So I need to look at those as corrective criticism. So um, just keep them coming. Reviews mean so much to us authors. Um, just, just keep them coming. Absolutely. Well, Tracy, I want to thank you for spending time with us this week. And I look forward to reading all the stories in the Amish Christmas Miracles collection, along with some of your other projects. Thank you. And that wraps up this week's episode. Next week, we'll have Sarah Harris as our guest to talk about her latest project, Rebecca's Quilt. So we'll see you next week on the Buggy Talk podcast.